It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is December 3rd, 2019. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll preview tonight's game against the Washington Wizards and talk about the injury to Al Farouk Aminu and what that will mean for the Orlando Magic moving forward. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching, on, searching wherever you download podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, this podcast for every team in the NBA covered with a local expert who knows their team best. Want to get the lowdown on the Wizards tonight? Check out Locked On Wizards. Want to... Get get a look ahead to the Phoenix Suns and their incredible comeback and blown lead victory over the Charlotte Hornets. Check out Locked On Suns. No matter which team you cheer for, which team you hate to cheer for, or which team you're just a little interested in, there's a Locked On podcast for you. Every team in the NBA is covered on the Locked On Podcast Network. Plus, we have great national podcasts, including Locked On NBA, Locked On Face Basketball, the Duncan and Hollinger NBA podcast, and Rejecting the, the Screen with Noah Kozlov. You can check out all these great podcasts wherever you download podcasts today. Just uh, just search wherever you down search wherever you download podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for, whether it's NBA, NFL, MLB, college, or NHL too. There's a Locked On podcast for you. The Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. When the Orlando Magic last played the Washington Wizards, they had their full complement of players. They were closing out that five game homestand that really felt like it was starting to turn the season around. Um, that the team was starting to come together, really find its groove, and play at a level where they could win games and, you know, win games relatively comfortably. They had a 15-point lead over the Washington Wizards, and then Bradley Beal went off. The, the Wizards scored 40 points in that fourth quarter, and it took a Markel Fultz steal and slam to seal that game. The Magic won, whether it was in doubt is totally up to you individually, but the Magic won that game after dominating it for most of the course of the game, and Bradley Beal got hot. Clifford would say after the game that he thought the defense on Beal was fine, and Beal made shots, and that's honestly the thing that the Magic are missing here, guys, who can just make shots like a Bradley Beal can. To say the least, the Washington Wizards provide a humongous challenge defensively. They're one of the top-scoring teams in the league. In fact, they, they are just a team that can put on a lot of points. They've lost two games this year where they've scored 125 points, which should tell you a lot about that team in general. But this is a tough-scoring team. And really, the trick to beating them is playing just enough good defense, holding them down just long enough for you to score and beat them. The Orlando Magic, fortunately have found a little bit of that defensive spark over the last two games. Against both the Toronto Raptors and the Golden State Warriors, the Magic defense looked like it has before. 
Orlando started the weekend 11th in defensive rating. They are now back into the top 10 at 9th. And to be sure, everyone in this league, everyone in this league, and everyone with the Magic knows, ultimately it is their defense that will determine whether they win or lose games. Probably having Aaron Gordon back helped a little bit. Gordon is a really gifted defender, really good ball container, and uh, probably the best individual defender on the Magic's team. And that's with all due respect to Jonathan Isaac, who's a, who's a fantastic defender as well. So to say the least, the Magic have their work cut out for them. The defense has been inconsistent at best, especially since Nikola Vucevic and Aaron Gordon's injury, and the team has been trying to rediscover that identity. I have no doubt Orlando's defense is going to play well for long spurts, but the question for me is still more about the offense. To beat this Wizards team, you've got to be able to score. No matter how good your defense is playing, they're going to play fast enough. They, they have, I think, the fastest pace in the league. The Magic have the third slowest. They're going to play fast enough. They're going to total enough possessions that they are going, and frankly, they're going to shoot and make enough threes that you've got to sustain some scoring to beat them. Orlando has had a nasty habit over the last two, three games, uh, or really four or five games, really the whole season. They've had a nasty habit of having those 12-point quarters, those 15-point quarters, those 18-point quarters. And the fact of the matter is, if the Magic have quarters like that, they're going to lose, no matter how good their defense plays, no matter if they hold Washington well below their season averages, because Washington is going to force you to score. The good news is, the question with the Wizards right now is, they can't defend anyone. There's talk and talk among the Wizards writers and Wizards Wizards bloggers about changing the lineup, about how historically bad this defense is. Again, they've lost two games this year where they've scored 125 points or more, including Sunday's 150 to 125 loss to the Los Angeles Clippers, to the LA Clippers. They're coming off a difficult road trip, and so if the Magic might get some solace or might get some relief, it is in that the clip the Wizards will be coming off a long West Coast trip. And might still have some tired legs, some jet-lagged legs when they play on Tuesday. They played Sunday, flew back home, got to rest day Monday, and now they're back in Washington. There's always a little bit of jet lag. That first game back from a road trip is always a little bit scary. This is not a game that Orlando can count as a win, is what I'm trying to say. While the Magic hold only a one-and-a-half game lead over the Wizards for the eighth spot in the East, it is a big game. It is a division game. It is a game that can help Orlando separate itself a little bit in the playoff race. And frankly, with the schedule coming up and with the with the way the schedule sets up this week, Orlando, this is an opportunity for Orlando to try to get back to 500. I think it's easy for fans to look at it and say they're 8-11. and 11. They've got three games this week, Washington, Phoenix, and Cleveland. All very winnable games. All games that the Magic should feel that they have a good chance of competing in before the gauntlet of this of the next two weeks really begins. And looking ahead, that gauntlet is at Milwaukee on Monday versus the Lakers next Wednesday versus the Rockets next Friday and then at New Orleans Sunday, at Denver next, I believe, at Utah after that, and then at Portland before coming home. Not the toughest West Coast road trip. It certainly looked tougher, I would say, at the beginning of the season, but... Four-game trip out west, not an easy thing. 
especially that Utah Denver back to that Denver Utah back to back that they face. So again, this game does isn't a must win. I'm not saying that at all. It's it's but it's a game the Magic should feel like they can win, and a game that will require the Magic to play at a high level to win. The Wizards are the kind of team that can just beat the Magic by scoring, by scoring enough. They're, they know their offense will be there. Right now, as much as I'd like to say it, the Magic can count on their defense again, A, I'm not sure that's enough against a great scoring offense like Washington when the, when the Magic themselves can't score. And I, I suspect that they'll score a little bit better and get to the rim a little bit more with with uh, with the Wizards because they're such a poor defensive team and, and the Magic do have a length advantage and and all that. And you know I'm sure Markel Fultz will be charged to, to play in Washington, D.C. for the first time this year. But Orlando's going to have to really pay attention to detail, and that's that's something I think that they've really struggled with. To get to get back out to the Wizards shooters, to to lock down the paint, to hold them to one shot, even if they're out without Mo Wagner. This is a game that's going to take a lot of attention to detail and a lot of team defense to, to secure the victory. It's going to be an interesting game tonight because it is such a clash of styles, because it is such a clash of of one team's strength against another team's weakness and, and, and vice versa. But the Magic will have to find a way. If the Magic can control the tempo, and I, yeah, I know people hate to say it, that means keeping the game slow, slow. You know, breaking when you can, but limiting possessions. Limiting the opportunities for the Wizards to get open threes, to get in transition. If the Magic do that, they certainly can and they certainly should win this game. But the Wizards are a huge challenge for this Magic team because at the end of the day with Washington, it's sometimes just about who can score more. And in a race like that, in a game like that, even with how bad the Wizards' defense is, because the Warriors' defense isn't much better and Orlando only managed 100 points against them. And a game like that, you don't have a lot of faith Orlando is going to win. Tip-off is at 7 o'clock at Capital One Arena. We'll have complete coverage on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. I'll be back on here for a recap podcast coming up tonight. And the Magic then will play the Phoenix Suns on Wednesday at the Amway Center. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We didn't get a chance to talk about it yesterday, but some news over the weekend, or on Sunday specifically. The Orlando Magic announced that Al Farouk Aminu will be out indefinitely with a torn meniscus in his right knee. Aminu would later tell the media that he believed it happened during Friday's loss to the Toronto Raptors, and it's you know, a, a, it's it's a tricky thing. No one, they're not really sure when he'll be back. There's there's still talk that he might need surgery, but typically a meniscus takes four to six weeks to repair, uh, whether by surgery or, or or by by rehab. It's usually about a month and a half to two months to to come back. I know I just said four to six weeks, but um, it, it'll be a while before we see Al Farouk Aminu. We may not really see him until uh, near the All Star break, if not the trade deadline to, around the trade deadline in early February or late January. So. That's kind of the target um, target for him, and 
Obviously, it is a bit of a blow. Um, you know, Aminu's averages haven't been great this year. He's averaging a career low 4.3 points per game. He's shooting a career worst 29.2%. His effect- effective field goal percentage is below 40%, which obviously is not good. Um, is His rebounding is dipped, but I think a lot of that has to do with him coming off the bench for really the first time since his first two years in the league. It's It's been a difficult time for Aminu. I mean, no better place to look for that than his shooting at the rim. Uh, within five feet of the basket, Aminu is shooting 12 of 35, 34.3% this year. Most of his shots are coming near the rim. It's either at, at the rim in that five-foot range or from beyond the arc. So Aminu has really struggled offensively, and, and I, I can't deny that. I think he has had a really rough go. He's had some good looks, and I didn't expect him to be a great shooter, but certainly better than he's what he's been with the shots that he's getting. And I, I think that he's had his struggles, um, um, but no reason he should be missing all the shots around the rim that he has. So it's been a frustrating year offensively for Alfredo Aminu, and yeah, that's a big reason why the Magic's bench is struggling, because Aminu can't, doesn't space the floor very well um, and, and isn't scoring when he does get the ball near the basket. The one thing that Aminu does provide value-wise, though, is his defensive versatility. And you can say what you want about his offense, because it's been bad. His defense has been pretty good. He's not making the spectacular play. He makes the simple play. And that's really what Aminu is known for, just making the simple play, making the good play, making the right play. Orlando has done a really good job with Aminu on the floor. The Magic have a 100.0 defensive rating. They're giving up a point per possession with Aminu on the floor. The only play for the Magic before Sunday's game that was doing better was Mo Bamba. So again, Aminu's been an anchor defensively for that def- that bench unit, which has played really strong defense for the most part this year. As much as the bench can't score, and they can't score, their defense has done really, really well. That's probably where the Magic keep the scores super low, is with that bench unit that just defends like crazy. So to say the least, then, Aminu has been important just to stabilize the team's defense. And the Magic are going to miss that. More than that, the Magic are going to miss that defensive versatility because the reason the Magic signed Alfred Riccuminu was to pretty much ensure that they have one versatile big man on the floor at all times, if not two. Being able to play Gordon and Isaac together or Gordon and Aminu together or Isaac and Aminu together is part of this kind of versatile triangle that the Magic have. They can always have two long-armed, defensive-minded wings, or or three, four forwards, on the floor at all times. And that gives them a defensive advantage, I think. The fact of the matter is, without Aminu there, the Magic have to reconfigure their rotation to keep that kind of length and versatility on the floor. But Sawandu will get more minutes, and, and, and that'll be more at the three. Um, and, and obviously, he struggled to shoot as well. He's, he's shooting really poorly from beyond the arc, and a big reason why the Magic turned things around last year was he started hitting threes at a much more consistent rate. So Orlando's going to have to rely on that defense, on that versatility, on you know push, pulling more on their starters even more to make up for this loss of Alpha Rukaminu. I, I believe that. Aaron Gordon's just back from injury, but he's already playing 30 minutes a game. 
He's already up to his normal minutes, and I'm, I'm sure the Magic would have liked to ease him back in a little bit more, but the injury circumstances have forced Orlando to play him more minutes. The same, you can look at Markel Fultz's minutes lately, you can look at Mobamba's minutes lately. I, I expect Mobamba to play in both games of this back-to-back, so that uh, that management plan is out the window at this point. Both, all of everyone's seen their minutes increase to try and pull together and get through this this injury time for the team with Nikola Vucevic out, and then, of course, with Aaron Gordon out before then. So, while Aminu hasn't delivered so much offensively, or hasn't delivered completely what the Magic need from him on that end, he still played a vital role for the team. He still played an absolutely vital role for this team. A role that the Magic really don't have anyone else to fill. You could play Emil Jefferson at the four, but he's not really going to space the floor any better than Aminu is, or, or you know his defense is is good, but you know we've never seen it at an NBA level. And then of course, Wesawandu can't play the four; he's going to play the three-two and and split minutes with Terrence Ross and Evan Fournier, and that you know that makes the Magic smaller and takes away something that is their advantage that that they have very long players that defend at a high level. The Magic are not sunk because they lost Aminu. I, I, I don't think that's the case. But the depth the Magic hoped they'd have was dependent on being able to rely on Aminu to fill in those minutes. To keep the team playing virtually the same way that they play no matter who's in the game. And that's the loss with Alpha Rukumidu. That's what they lose with Alpha Rukumidu. The ability to kind of stay on the same level. The Magic will have to rally, no doubt about it. And, and Wundu is certainly capable of stepping up to the plate. And he's been their utility man for all these injuries. They know they can rely on, rely on him. They know they can trust him. But Aminu's loss is going to hurt. Even if he wasn't giving much offensively. But no one is. And the Magic's depth is certainly going to be stretched a bit thinner. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And the Magic's depth is stretched a bit thinner too because of the other guy that they've been missing, the guy that we haven't even talked about that the Magic are missing, and the guy that I do think the Magic really miss. And if there's a bit of good news on the injury front, it's that his return is on the horizon. The Orlando Magic in their official injury report on Tuesday, on Monday, listed Michael Carter-Williams as doubtful for the first time. So he's been upgraded to doubtful. Carter-Williams has been out the past five games with a left hip irritation. It is a hip that he's had a previous injury to and previous surgery on, and there was some concern that that it was a recurrence of that issue. Um, Carter-Williams took a bit of a bad bump. I, I, I think it was. It's hard to remember exactly what happened against the Washington Wizards at the end of the homestand, and he's been out since then. 
And we'd probably be talking about the the loss of energy and defense and, frankly, a bit of edge that this team has has had without Carter-Williams, except that the other major injuries took up all the oxygen in the room. And to some extent, when Carter-Williams got hurt, we didn't think it would be that long. We thought it was kind of a rest and and let him recover. Carter-Williams has started doing some on-court work, so he is back kind of in in the fold a bit. I wouldn't expect him to play Tuesday night, but his return is imminent. And I think it's something the Magic do need. Well, the stats again on Carter Williams are not fantastic. When he's in the game, the offense does crater because that second unit can't score. He is a really poor shooter. He is not shooting the ball well, you know, and in any sense of the word. But the one thing Carter Williams gives you is that energy and that edge. His big highlight of the year was against Philadelphia. When the Magic were struggling a bit, he kind of got into it with Josh Richardson and the whole team kind of rallied around him a bit. And they won that game. It is the only win the Magic have against a team with a winning record this season. It was a big win. That was a big, big win for Orlando. And Carter Williams was a bit of the spark. And he's been a little bit of that spark all year long. Steve Clifford has gone out of his way to praise Carter Williams as a defender. And again, Magic's defense is pretty good with Carter Williams on the floor. That second unit plays really good defense. He is a pest. He can create turnovers. And more importantly for the Magic, he pushes the pace. No one on the team has the Magic playing at a faster pace than Michael Carter-Williams. The team, really the only player who's been on the floor playing at a faster pace is Wes Awundu. And that's only really been recently because he hasn't played that much. So if the Magic's ideal identity is we play really strong defense and we push the pace, we play with pace, Carter Williams is a player that embodies that identity. He's a player that does all those things and does it in the half court too. I, I, think, I think that's one area where the Magic really struggle is playing fast within the half court. It's not necessarily about fast break points, which they're not doing a great job converting on or getting. But within the half court, the Magic's offense just slows to a crawl. And no one on this team runs that offense faster than Michael Carter-Williams. Michael Carter-Williams has been so good this year that Clifford forced him into the rotation. He went to a 10-man rotation early in the year because he could not keep Carter-Williams off the floor. And even though he has his shooting struggles, it was hard for any fan to disagree with that notion because Carter-Williams was just a gnat defensively and was flying around all over the place. For sure, these last five games, Magic are, you know, two and three in those five games. In the last five games, the Magic have missed that edge, have missed that kind of controlled chaos that Carter Williams brings. He would give them a pick-me-up, an energy pick-me-up, when they needed it most. I think undoubtedly, this has been, you know, obviously the Magic have missed a lot of players, and Nikola Vucevic is chief among them, so any stat I I read has to be viewed under that context, because Nikola Vucevic is the Magic's best offensive player. He makes makes the offense go, and He's a really he's a pretty solid defender. I won't say really good defender. He's not a great individual defender, but he understands the team concept and his role within the defense better than anyone. And, and I think I think 
you know, he doesn't get enough credit for his defense uh, over the last two years. But Carter Williams is part of the, that factor too. He's part of the reason why certainly the defense has slipped a little bit with that second unit and with the whole team in general. Orlando is hopeful to get Michael Carter-Williams back soon. And I think I think Magic fans will be happy to have him back too as someone that could take some of DJ Augustine's minutes maybe as the backup point guard as Augustine has struggled a little bit this year. And as someone who can just pick up the energy a little bit more with that second unit. You know, you look at those second quarters, those late third quarters when the Magic are struggling to score, they just need someone that's going to play with a little bit of an edge and energy just to, just to wake everyone up a little bit. And Carter-Williams does that for this team. Every team needs a guy like that. And frankly, Orlando has missed Michael Carter-Williams. Not as much as Nikola Vucevic, but they have missed him a lot these last five games. It's kind of easy to forget just what he's provided this team and just how important he is to this team as a whole. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places you know on podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr_md, And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Wright. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.